The struggle is real. How many times have you heard it? How many times have you said it? We've all had our struggles in life, whether it's financial problems, relationship issues, health challenges, difficult people, or you just feel stuck. How we deal with our struggles can make all the difference in whether we triumph and experience a better quality of life or whether we struggle through the same old, same old day after day. This podcast will help you realize that you're not alone, that there are specific actions you can take to better deal with a variety of challenges and that you can emerge victoriously. Your host is Tim Darnell and welcome to the Struggle Sucks Podcast. Okay, welcome. Uh, great to have you here. The struggle sucks. Yes, it does. And how many of us have struggles? We all do. We've had them in our lifetime. If you've heard several of my podcasts, you know that we talk about that quite a bit, especially as regards financial. Uh, we'll certainly include other types of uh, struggles as we go along here. But we want to talk about the idea of being an entrepreneur and taking more charge of your life and uh, rising to the challenge and whatever that challenge might be, uh, especially as far as finances are concerned. And, and so that's been my mission for years is to help people with their finances and to get on a better track and get on a track that you may not have thought about before. So we're going to give some concepts today in this podcast uh, that may be brand new to, to you, but I want to explain it in such a way that it makes so much sense that I think what's going to happen is, is later on, you're going to come back to me six months from now, a year from now, and you're going to tell me that this seat, uh, this one podcast right here was the one that turned the corner for you, that allowed you uh, to really make a decision to do something different in your life, and it helped you out financially tremendously, have peace of mind, uh, not worry about retirement, and make more money than you ever thought possible. And uh, that's an exciting uh, proposition there. So I want to talk about MPs. What's an MP? MP is most people. <laughs> most people, MPs, have a goal of fitting in. They have a goal of being liked, of being appreciated, and being accepted. All those things are great. I like those ideas for me personally. But sometimes people simply strive to be like everybody else. They want to fit in to the point of having no identity, of almost being invisible. They have very little individuality, very little creativity, uh, no vision for the future, really, little self-confidence and little self-worth. I've been there on all of those counts right there, and I'm sure you can attest to that in your life as well at some time. But you don't want to live a life like that. It can be periodic, but not, certainly not an entire life with those uh, kind of ideas right there. Of course, nobody would ever brag about those, <laughs> those things right there, lack of self-confidence, but I see it a lot. I think about how most people live their lives. They rely on others to guide them into a certain educational or vocational path, uh, a career. Uh, their options are limited to a few categories. It, and, you know, the options all center on the idea of getting employment. When people talk about income, the first thought they always have is being employed, getting a job so that a corporation or the government will take care of them. I'm here to tell you there's more to it than that, and there's a lot better thought process that we can be involved with. Take children, for example. You ask an 8-year-old, 9-year-old what they want to be when they grow up, and you'll hear fireman, policeman, teacher, baseball player, or what one of their parents does for a living, maybe. Pretty limited, though. Those thoughts are fine, and there are certainly benefits to finding one niche profession, 
learning it well, and then optimizing your career path in terms of income and personal fulfillment. If a job will give you personal fulfillment, then great, go for it. Me personally, uh, I, I am psychologically unemployable. I just couldn't go down that route. But if you're in that and you're fulfilled, fantastic. Be sure to have a savings plan in place. Uh, sure, you probably have a 401k. Uh, Maybe even stock given to you by the company that you work for. That's great. That stock can grow and be a big part of your retirement later on. Uh, Work for a company that is hopefully stable and growing. And if the company stays in business, you'll likely be able to retire comfortably. I hope you truly enjoy what you do as well as the office politics and overall environment of the company to which you commit. Those may be fine. Man, I hear all the time about the problem with office politics the environment. Uh, It's a toxic environment and that kind of thing. If you've got a good situation, great, go for it. And we'll talk uh, about your financial situation and how it can be enhanced as well. But I know that so many people struggle in their job. They struggle with the idea of working for somebody else. Uh, So many struggles in so many different ways, and they can't wait to do a lateral move in another job or do something different. But I'm going to share with you a concept today that I think is going to make a lot of difference to you or and uh, will make a lot of sense to you uh, for sure. The problem with any of those choices include company failures. Uh, I read about those all the time. I spend about two to three hours every morning reading financial uh, news and uh, about different companies and that kind of thing. And uh, it may be a decision that fi- you get fired or get laid off. Uh, for example, that just happened to my wife. She's a physical therapist a great profession in the healthcare industry where she is involved in helping people uh, all day long re- rehabilitate and function better physically. It's like a ministry to her, and she's really good at it. Her environment in the company she worked for, however, was not ideal, and that's putting it mildly. Office politics, there was gossiping, there was favoritism, uh, cliques within the company that she was excluded from. It's just just a weird thing to go into every day. Uh, a single $1 raise in 10 years, get this, a dollar raise in 10 years is all she's ever gotten. And a Christmas bonus last year in 2018 of $5. Why don't you just slap my face? And uh, so anyway, she, she stuck it out. And many of you are doing the same thing. You're in a job that you cannot stand, and there's probably worse conditions than what I just laid out with Kathy right there. But after 10 years of loyalty dedicated, dependable service, very good at what she does, loves people. Kathy was approached on a Friday afternoon by a district manager who informed her she needed to clear her out her desk, and the company would not be needing her services anymore. And my poor lady was shocked and devastated psychologically for weeks after that unexpected surprise. I'm sure you've got stories of the same thing, but uh, that can happen all the time. And so these great plans of being an employee can get interrupted uh, by all kind of things, market circumstances, uh, political events, just anything uh, can turn that thing upside down. So another issue is that almost all jobs involve one kind of income, and that's an income summed up as trading hours for dollars. Put your hours in, you'll get paid. You'll also have a limited number of vacation days and sick days. Those will be determined by the company. Uh, Higher-ups will tell you exactly what that's going to look like. That's not your choice. 
uh, and you can enjoy that steady income, but you'll definitely have to abide by company policies, restrictions, and constrictions. And most people choose to accept those limitations and the lack of personal control in return for regular paychecks. That's what Kathy did. She would never have uprooted herself, and it took an outside external force for that to happen. Now, what's turning out, it's about six weeks ago, it's turning out that she's found uh, some good alternatives that actually circumvent the problems, the toxic environment in her company. So going to turn out fine, and it'll turn out good for you as well. But um, what happens if all of a sudden you're laid off like Kathy was, or you have a debilitating accident, and despite your best intentions, you can't work? Uh, it won't be but a few short weeks that you're going to, uh, you know, your bills and things will start piling up. It's going to get ugly and scary for you. And uh, so many people have gone through that. Now, if you had secondary income that is not dependent on you trading hours for dollars, but was rather residual cash flow. And by the way, cash flow is king. I've, I said that all my life. I've taught that all my life. Cash flow is king. It beats savings. And so you're saying, Tim, don't save? No, I'm not saying that. Savings are fantastic. You need to do that consistently and pay yourself on a regular basis. Uh, listen to Rich Dad, Poor Dad and, and Robert Kiyosaki and get his training on that. Uh, he is fantastic as regards finances are concerned. But cash flow is better than savings. Now, when you have savings and you have to dip into those, that lowers your balance, which means you use it and it won't really be replaced. So you have diminished the power of those savings. And a lot of people get psychologically adjusted to the fact that they're, they're saving, they don't ever want to dip into it, and they end up uh, in an old age and they haven't used their savings. And so it really didn't help them at all. Uh, however, use of cash flow doesn't diminish. You have more coming next week. You have more coming next month. Uh, you wouldn't be in a highly problematic scenario like was just described with Kathy. And that's why I'm a major proponent for setting up residual income, residual income. If you hadn't written that down, I want you to write that down and get that idea into your head. That's income that comes in on a regular basis, regardless of how many hours you put in to that scenario. In many cases, that secondary income can evolve into full-time income as well, and I'll explain why in just a minute. The income needs to be residual and not a side hustle or extra hours gig or freelancing or that kind of thing, because that's just more trading hours for dollars that will leave you in the same dilemma with even less time for family and recreation. You're just working all the time. So when times get tough, whatever it took you to establish that secondary residual income will be the best thing you could ever have done. I'm going to explain what my perfect scenario for that, the solution for that is here in just a minute. This is the thing that will change your life if you relate to it, if you resonate with it, and uh, you want to uh, partner with me in these concepts here as I teach them. So the best way to achieve residual income, what do we do? The best way is to find something that everybody does or uses on a regular basis, and then find a commission structure that pays every time they purchase that commodity. So one basic commodity that every single person does virtually every day, or one activity uh, that every single person does virtually every day, is to eat. Now think about that. Usually more than once a day, right? So the norm being three times a day, 
Eating is not a one-time occurrence. It is ongoing, lifetime thing that happens over and over again. And when the meal, the groceries, the food is consumed, it has to be replaced again and again and again. So eating is a given, and everybody does it. Pretty commonplace, right? So they don't have any choice in the matter. We don't have any choice in the matter. So I want to set up a scenario for, a scenario for you, and I want you to think about think this through. Follow me. Track with me. Max is going to help me in the background there. Let's say that one of those stores made an offer to you, uh, someplace that you shop on a regular basis. In, in uh, Texas, we have Walmarts, we have Brookshire's, Tom Thumbs, Kroger's, uh, to mention just several of the many grocery stores. So let's say that one of those stores made an offer to you that every time you and your family ate food you bought from them, they would give you not only a great price for your food, but they would also give you a discount that no other store offered. So you're not buying at retail, you're buying at wholesale. And that might sway your decision as to where you choose to shop. The other grocery stores didn't do it. One did. You would probably decide to shop there. It makes, certainly would make financial sense. So that would make that grocery store elevate in attractiveness to you, would it not? But what if they also said, if you'll send other individuals, introduce other individuals and families to our store, we'll offer them a great deal on their food prices, and we'll also pay you a percentage, listen to this now, a percentage of their purchases as well. Well, how often do people go to a grocery store? If it's their grocery store, that is habitual. It is constant. It is ongoing. So if the food was edible, it was tasty, it was fairly priced, you got a discount on it, and it was also actually nutritious, that would be a no-brainer proposition relative to the other choices that you might have. And so if you treated that concept with consistency, that of introducing other people to that store, you could actually not only offset the cost of your own food, you could also create that residual income I've spoken so highly of, which is so important. That residual income will carry you through a disaster, or a big challenge, or a layoff, or whatever the issue might be. And since you turned it into a small business, you also could possibly take tax deductions. Not possibly, you can take tax deductions on any expenses associated with sharing that unique, and I would call it a no-brainer proposition with other people. So what could be better? Well, it can get a lot better. <laughs> and uh, this is this boggles my mind. When I first saw this, I, I went crazy. I thought, this is the most incredible concept I've ever found here. So you found a concept now, as I'm talking, that everybody does on a regular basis. And simply by recommending to friends, families, and acquaintances you know, you could set up residual cash flow as long as the store stays in business and your people continue to shop there. And some may decide to shop elsewhere, but you put enough people in that store that the overrides that you're getting from it are very significant and they can be growing. So let's see how it could be better. Well, the store decides to open up the offer to your acquaintances, pay them for recommending to their contacts that would go beyond your sphere of influence. It's their sphere of influence and that they shop at that store as well. If it's Kroger, your Kroger's making uh, the store making the offer, and other stores were not. You would be crazy to shop anywhere else. Okay, so if everything else is equal and you're getting paid for it, you're getting discounts and you're getting paid for it, then you would definitely want to shop there. So now here's how it can get even better. 
the friends of your friends' purchases who you recommend shopping there would pay you as well, and the friends of the friends of the friends would pay you, get this, to infinity. So as far as that thing reaches out and that lineage reaches out, you're going to get paid. So can you see how that would establish what we're talking about, residual income without trading hours for dollars, and the very real opportunity that those overrides, those weekly commissions would get bigger and bigger and bigger. And and what you're uh, beginning to get a sense for is that, man, I need to tell everybody I could ever think of, anybody I ever meet, that they ought to be shopping at Kroger. <laughs> so this is not an advertisement for Kroger. This is just an example. We do shop at Kroger, though. Let me ask you a question. Do you eat on a regular basis? Do you buy groceries on a regular basis or eat out on a regular basis or both? Pretty much everybody qualifies as a yes on that question. Would you not agree? So it's a very common universal thing, and you've learned how to tap into that very common universal thing, activity, that those purchases And now you've made a business out of it, and it's side income. You could keep your job and do this very well. So it doesn't require you to make a lateral move or to to get out of a job. So it would also eliminate a major portion of your bills if your groceries are completely offset and being paid for by those commissions. So I looked it up on Google just a few minutes ago. It's it's an average of 10% of your income goes to food costs, goes to eating. So you put 10% of your income back in your own pocket just on your own purchases, that would be highly advantageous. Of course, uh, Tim, you're just dreaming, or am I? So let's dig a little deeper. I'd say that the only caveat might be that the food might not be all that good for you. It might be filled with sugar, preservatives, dyes, chemicals, uh, poisons even, and upon further inspection, pretty much devoid of genuine nutritional value. Have you ever been in public, say at a Walmart, and noticed that people don't look all that great these days? Well, our food supply nutritional value has diminished. It has dwindled significantly. And I'm just being honest. I'm seeing people that don't look good like they used to, say, back in the 60s and 70s. Two-thirds of our population is overweight. More than one-third are obese. Many of those considered morbidly obese. I want you to notice people's hair and skin also, wrinkles, and just not looking healthy. There's not the vibrance and healthy look that should be happening and could be happening if we were getting the nutrition and avoiding the toxins in society that surround us. Part of those toxins are are, uh, involved in medications. People are on medications for high blood pressure, diabetes, and a thousand ailments that are only increasing in frequency rather than decreasing in frequency. We spend billions on health care, and the problems are worse than they've ever been. And so what could be better than the Kroger example I painted above? It's this. What if that same residual income was available, but the food was highly nutritious and gave our bodies the missing ingredients that are so desperately missing now? like full-spectrum phytonutrients, like minerals that are so vital to organ, muscle, and circulatory function, vitamins across the board that we're missing. What if these, what I call superfoods, were delightfully tasty and satisfying, and they cost a fraction of what we so willingly pay already for nutritionally compromised foods at the grocery store and in fast food scenarios? 
So you might have one of the most powerful concepts on the planet, one that wouldn't just be a no-brainer, but the best possible choice anybody could ever make. Your fatigue would turn into natural energy. Your sleep would be better than you've had in years. Your physique would start to get noticeably toned. Your skin and hair would begin to look more vibrant. Even your attitude and mood would improve because you're feeding your body the nutrition it so desperately needs. Our bodies are miracles if we'll simply feed them what they need and require to function optimally. And financially, you will have set up that residual income I've been talking about. Yeah, you can make like $300 to $1,500 a month with just minimal effort or $3,000 to $15,000 a month if you put a system in place and even much, much more than that. The more people you share the concept with, the more income you'll experience. Can it get any better? As a matter of fact, it can. And I'm going to share with you that in an upcoming episode, that system that I talked about. It's the most exciting thing I've seen in my life. In fact, it negates a book I wrote about this very topic about eight years ago. (laughs) And uh, my book is almost worthless now. It was how to do this type of business right here. And the book has been made obsolete by brand new developments that I'm going to share with you. It's so exciting uh, because now what you do is you take out the Remember, I talked about going to friends and family. Let's take that out of the uh, illustration unless you really want to. Instead of having to approach them, you wouldn't need to include them at all unless they proactively begged you to tell them what you're doing. Rather, we would set up a system where people who raise their hands wanting to join you every week would be showing up in increasing numbers. Now, you're going to love what I'm going to share with you in the next podcast. So anyway, I appreciate you listening. It's about 22 minutes into this right now. Thank you so much. You know, the struggle sucks, but we've got answers to the struggle. And so I'm glad you're here. This is Tim Darnell. Love and peace to you. Thanks for listening to the Struggle Sucks podcast. Please remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you can find us. And don't forget to give us a rating. We love to read your reviews. Also, please share the podcast with your friends and on social media. We truly appreciate your support.